And so what I do is as my legs swing back, I basically push the rope away. Mm. And so like I've braked with my hands, my legs swing back and I kind of straighten my arms because now the rope is away from me. And when I, you know, when I slide down and kind of land in like in a, an athletic position, right? The rope is not near my feet. Cause the last thing you want is to have this great rope climb, a nice aggressive descent that you feel super confident in. And then you land on the rope, you roll an ankle and now you got a sprained ankle. The fitness movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, ZorFitness.com. Today we got Coach Chris here, and we're going to sit down and chat about rope climbs. We're going to talk about regular rope climbs, as well as legless rope climbs, and kind of bouncing back and forth between those two. But kind of talking about technique, efficiency, how to develop strength, and then some of the, the progressions that we use for athletes that we've you know been working with one-on-one that are working to get better at one of those two variations. So starting off technique and efficiency, this is probably where we're going to spend a lot of the time in the conversation right here, because uh, this is something that you and I have gone back and forth on a lot, just talking about, you know, I originally came to you probably a couple months ago and I was working on my rope climb technique because up until that point, it wasn't really a regular part of the early stages of the game season that I actually really cared about that much. So right. it wasn't super important to me. And then I started actually working on them and trying to get really efficient at them. And you helped me out a lot with that. So I thought this would be a really good conversation. So, you know, if you were going to sit down with somebody or maybe, uh, you know, it's a, a newer competitor and you're like, Hey, like, this is kind of what you want to think about with rope climbs. Like if you're going to give them the 30 second tutorial, what were some of the, the big things that you'd sort of, you know, mention to them? Yeah. So the first thing I always do is I take the rope climb as a movement and I divide it into the very two obvious halves, right? You have, the ascent and the descent. And so the first thing I always look at if I have a newer athlete is the ascent. The reason why I do that is because in my opinion, in my opinion, a lot of movements in the sport will have kind of like um, almost like a barrier of entry, right? Like if you're going to come, if you're going to compete, you got to be able to do at least X, you know what I mean? And so when it comes to rope climbs, if you can't get up the rope, well, who cares how fast you get down the rope? You know what I mean? Plus you can't complete a rep without being able to climb up. Right. And so it's like, okay, let's work on that first. Yeah. It's like doing touch and go snatches before you can just snatch. It's like, that's probably right. not a great idea. Like right, right. worry about how to get down. Once you get up there, like you'll be fine. <laughs> right. For now. So, yeah. So I work on, I'll work on their feet, right. How to basically scissor their feet. J hook and scoop and pinch um, and how to learn how to leverage that and push through those feet to stand. Cause a common mistake is, you know, like the, the nose to hands technique where it's like you jump up and instead of locking your feet in and using that lower half to get you to stand, you kind of pull your nose to the rope and then pinch. Yeah. And that's first thing that happens is the arms bend rather than knees coming up towards your chest with like a, a straight arm to like hang from the rope. Yeah. Because ideally you want to jump up, have straight arms, lean back, bring your knees to your chest, pinch and then stand. Right. Yep. And so you're leveraging your feet and your height to get up higher on the rope. 
versus some people will jump up, pull their nose to their hands, kind of bent arms, pull almost like a rope pull up mm-hmm. and then clamp and then stand. And so it's, you're not only losing height by doing that, but you're also fatiguing your arm. So it's like doubly worse, right? Like there's some things in the sport where it's like, Oh, you waste more energy. Right. But you're, you're faster. And so yeah. it's like, and so it's like, there's a, there's a risk reward, a cost basis that comes with that. This is literally worse in all fronts. So that's not what you want to do. So I work on feet, feet placement and technique. And then like, like we mentioned there, you know, kind of what your hands are doing and, and minimizing the reach there. And then once you're able to do that in kind of that first pull, then it's like, okay, are you doing that all the pulls up to the top of the rope? So that's kind of what I look at first is, you know, kind of the ascent and, and your technique from your feet up in that ascent. Yeah. Makes sense. That's where I start with everybody too. It's like, usually like, again, if I'm doing like an on-ramp here at my in-person classes, I literally am going to like sit down on a box with the person, show them how to J hook, like show them how to effectively pinch where they actually go to put their weight on and it's not starting to slide through their feet. And yeah, if people are listening to this and they feel like they've graduated from that, a lot of the people that I work with who are competitors still don't have that down to the degree that they need to, to be super effective with it. Yes. They either can't find that pinch whether when their hip flexors are tired, they can't do it when they're at the third pool at the top of a a 15 foot rope versus like the first pool, like you were saying, like they're, they're not the same the whole way up. There's a lot of little things that start to break down for people. So going back to the basics of just like, what does your pinch actually look like? How much of a, like an S curve are you actually putting on that rope? Mm-hmm. Like how deep of like a, a J hooker are you actually getting on that? Like, what does it look like when you actually go to put weight onto it? Like, are you scooping it on your butt versus just hand over hand pulling up the rope? A lot of like little details like that. So yeah, that's hundred percent where I start too. And one of the things that I noticed for a lot of people is, or one of the things I've seen out a lot from other, you know, uh, coaches and, you know, just stuff on like Instagram or whatever. It's like, everybody says like, oh, you want to squat your way up the rope, like use your legs as much as possible, which obviously that's true, but I don't think that's like intuitive to a lot of people. Like, Mm. even if you try to scoop your feet under your butt, it's still like really hard to actually use your legs super effectively to stand up. Like you can do it. But I feel like it's more of like you pull, you're like pulling your heels underneath you to bring that the your center of mass closer to the rope, which allows you if you then pull with both hands, like go from straight arms, pulling with both hands, you're using both hands at the same time. So it like reduces the amount that any one arm has to do. And then you can, again, take a really big, you know, pinch out of the rope by, like you're saying, getting that lean back, closing down the shoulder a little bit, lifting the knees as high as you can but you still do a hand over hand pull to a, mm-hmm. to a degree. It's not like that goes away just because you're like, you can like, again, like squat your way up the rope. Yeah. And, and even that cue, and it might, you know, that might be a cue that works for some people, but from in my experience, most of the athletes I work with have a conceptual understanding of quote, using their legs to get up the rope. Right. Yeah. And so cueing them to squat their way up the rope, AKA use their legs is like, okay. It's like, dude, I get that. Right but it's more, they just lack the ability to create true tension with their feet, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they don't have the ability to create stiff enough or have the right pressure with their feet. So when they squat their way up the rope, the rope isn't sliding between their feet. Like it's yeah. actually cinched. So then 
when it's cinched, it's almost like pushing from the floor. Like there's tension there to stand all the way up. Yeah. Like actually having enough friction on the rope that when you go to put your weight on it, it's like it sticks right there versus mm-hmm. it's still sliding a couple inches as you put your weight onto it. Like just the feeling that that has, like you, you don't trust it as much and therefore no, and you're not going to like use your legs as effectively as you could. Yeah. And it's like the definition of two steps forward, one step back. Right. Cause it's yeah. like, yeah, I gained some ground, but because my tension wasn't there, I slid a little bit. And so it's, I really didn't gain as much ground as I really should have because I slid down as I'm going up. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you're really not gaining as much ground as you really should. Cause you don't have that true tension when you're cinching your feet. And so learning how to do that, then the other stuff is like, okay, this is going to be way easier to work on because you have that part down. Yeah. And, and so then go ahead. I know. I was just going to say that once someone has that relatively well, then it's like, okay, well, how do we come down the rope? Yeah. Cause a lot of people, when we went over this at our camp, waste a lot of time and energy in that phase of the, of the rope climb. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people have put where I should say, let's call it like a, a quarterfinals level athlete, you know, someone who's in the top 10% of the open, but they're not qualifying for a semifinal. It's like that type of athlete. I find in general, they've put a lot of or at least a good chunk of time into, okay, what does it look like to efficiently climb a rope on the way up? <laughs> it seems like <laughs> on the way down somehow just gets like blocked out of their mind. And it's just like, okay, I'll come down <laughs> however I can. And it's like, yeah, they like have this perfect pinch or like what they think is right. And they're like all these steps that they go through. And then it's like coming down just looks horrendous. It's so uh-huh. slow or inefficient. They're doing whatever with their hands, like feeding the rope through their hands. I don't know what just, to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, yeah, so many inefficiencies. And that was something that became really obvious to us when we were, yeah, in our in the athlete camp. So that was actually something that you you taught a little bit. I mean, obviously there's a number of ways that you can descend a rope. What if you have again sort of an athlete that I just described who's sort of like a, a solid semifinal level athlete, like what what would you sort of recommend? It's like a go-to descent on a rope. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to at a relatively high level because it's coming, becoming more and more commonplace to do some sort of like a, some sort of slide down the rope. Yeah. And I found that there's two, two ways that are the most efficient and it's one is um, having it slide between your feet. And so right? We went about the ascent. So those watching or listening, if you think about you pinch your way up, right? Then once you're at the final pull, right? You pinch your feet, you stand, you touch the top, the top of the rope, the beam, whatever it is you're on. Once you do that, you want to think about splitting your feet apart so that you relieve that tension and driving your heels down towards the ground. And so what that does that is that takes the tension out of the rope, and then all you do, and this is where people get really nervous and scared, is you basically let go of the rope. <laughs> now, you don't have to take your hands away, though. That's a- <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I like, to, I like to call it guiding the rope, right? And so yeah. I like to think about keeping my hands basically right in front of my face. And so I, I let go of my hands. I release the rope from my hands. I won't say let go. <laughs> I release the rope from my hands, and I keep my hands in front of my face. And that's my break. Right. And so as I slide down in order to stop, I just squeeze the rope. So it's not running through my hands, right? Because no one likes rope burn. It's like right in front of my face and right like in the realm of my hands so that I can grab it real quick to hit the brakes. Yeah. And then the good thing about it being right in front of your face is that when you actually do 
re-squeeze the rope that you have a little bit of like give like if your hands yes. were up over your head and you grab the rope the only thing that can give is the rope sliding through your hands <laughs> you just yeah. gonna feel awful so obviously like yeah if you can keep your hands by your face it's it's like um you know it's it's like catching an egg if anyone's ever done like an egg toss or like a water balloon toss <laughs> it's like you you catch it really soft right because you don't want it to yes. break it's the same idea it's like it, it, there's a little bit of give in that system when you have it down a little bit lower so the fact that you yeah, you're not letting the rope run through your hands, but you're you're literally letting go and just staying with your hands right at your kind of chest or face level. Yep. Yeah. It was something that even took me like a little like to be honest, like a ton of reps to get used to, but just like sure. practicing in unfatigued environments, like you got to the point where I was like, "Oh yeah, like this is way quicker now." Absolutely. And so like I said, you split your feet, drive your heels down towards the ground and guide the rope with your hands. Those are kind of the cues I use um, yeah. right in front of your face or your chest. Yep. And I really like the, like, like pushing your heels towards the ground because a it keeps the the toes up towards like your shin, yeah. like uh, your foot dorsiflexed, which is important to keep that rope in place. But then also you, you typically like, will if you think about sque- like pushing your heels down, you're going to squeeze your quads and keep your legs straight versus letting your knees come up to your chest. Not that like you're basically in this really weird position where you got to feel like you got to unfold yep. yourself out of an accordion to get off the rope, <laughs> which also isn't great. No. So that's one way to come down. How, how do you typically come down? Cause I know you do it a different way. Yeah. So I do it a little bit different just because that way, I think in my opinion, if you're doing a regular rope climb, the transition into that descent is better. I'm just not very good at it. And I, the other way to, to descend comes more naturally to me. And it's actually, I think, the best way to descend on a legless rope climb, right? And so uh, this is like a true fireman slide where if you think about it, as I hit the top or as I'm reaching for the top, I'm unlacing my feet and basically putting them out straight. And so the rope is basically between my, my thighs and my legs are kind of out, re- I'll say relatively straight. Like I'm not holding an L sit, right? Yeah. But they're my legs are out straight and my and my ankles are crossed. And then from there, you let go, right? No, you, re- you release, you release the rope from your hand and let it slide through, you know, you guide it with your hands. And so that's called a fireman slide where your legs are kind of out straight and you slide down through the middle. And then when you're ready to break, you grab the rope. And this is where I can't, people thought I was like a, a an acrobat, but it's like, <laughs> You grab the rope and actually that stop of your momentum, as you grab the rope, you unscissor your feet and that break kind of brings your feet back and you kind of swing back a little bit and then finish the slide in your descent to land. It looks like the, the eccentric of like a a ring muscle up basically. Yeah. Whereas you're coming down, you're in a hollow position. Same thing. Like with the fireman's uh, descent is like your feet are out in front of you as you're, you catch your weight, your feet naturally come up back behind you in like sort of like an arch position, which is great in a rope climb because it clears your, your feet out from the rope Correct. where then when you come off the rope and you land, you're not landing right where the rope is, which is obviously and that's, a nice way not to break your ankle. Right. And so what I do is as my legs swing back, I basically push the rope away. Mm. And so like I've braked with my hands, my legs swing back and I kind of straighten my arms because now the rope is away from me. And so when I slide down and when I, you know, when I slide down and kind of land in like in a, an athletic position, right. The rope is not near my feet. Cause the last thing you want is have, 
have this great rope climb, a nice aggressive descent that you feel super confident in. And then you land on the rope, you roll an ankle and now you got a sprained ankle, right? Like that shouldn't happen, which is why, you know, when you descend, going back to the previous one, straightening your legs and driving your heels down to the floor, as you go to hit the bottom, you can kind of kick the rope, the rope away. So you kind of like kick your foot out, which clears the bottom half of the rope. And then you fit, and then you can hit the ground after you've braked. With the fireman ones, you hit the brake, your legs swing back, and you post the rope away, so you're cleared as you come down. Mm. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about legless rope climbs. So technique-wise, obviously, there's there's less technique in a sense on, on the uh, ascent, like on the way up, but there still is technique, right? So let's keep this to like optimal technique for now. Cause obviously there's a lot of ways to do any movement that's, you can get it done. It's just not an efficient way to do it, <laughs> make it look super ugly or inefficient um, and take a really long time. So for, for most people, if you like, for example, if I go out and onto the, into the uh, gym and there's somebody there, let's say it's a guy and they've done pull-ups their entire life and they've never done cross before. And they just like walked in off the street. I could probably say, Hey, climb this rope. They're, they probably want to not try to use their legs, right? But certainly right. if I said you can't, they might, they're probably going to do something that looks pretty similar to like what you would want to see. Like it, it just kind of naturally happens where they'll, they'll sort of drive up the same side. So say I'm going to reach with my, my left hand a moment before I do that, I drive my left knee up. So same side kips up. And then basically as your momentum starts swinging the other way and you go to pull with that left hand. Your momentum is starting to transfer to the right, that right hip and knee get lifted up a little bit. And then you move that right hand of just a moment afterwards. You basically do that the whole way up the rope. Do you teach people that or you just kind of like give it to them and see what happens? No, I'll teach people that. I mean, a lot of it is depending on where the athlete is, you know, people think you have to be super strong to do a regular rope climb and you don't, you you know what I mean? You could probably figure out how to climb a rope. Not that I would recommend this, but you could probably figure out how to climb a rope and actually not have a strict pull-up, right? That's an impossibility when it comes to a legless rope climb. Like you have to be, you have to have good upper body pulling strength. Not yeah. like, uh, I'm okay. No, good upper body pulling strength. Yeah. We were talking about this in one of our uh, name game strategy workouts. It's like, literally you, you have one hand on the rope at some point, right? It's, it's like yeah. running, like you have one foot on the ground. And then you're going to take flight. It's the same sort of idea here. It's like, if you don't have the ability to pull your body up <laughs> with that one hand on the rope, it's just not going to happen. Like you can't fake yeah. it. It's probably the the sport that, or the the movement that demands the most of upper body pulling. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, I mean that in a, and a pegboard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of what we do with pull-ups and stuff like that, you know, you can kick. And so Obviously, yes, you need to have upper body pulling strength, but it's like. If you've great, great uh, you know, timing and technique, you can kind of work your way around it a little bit. Right. You'll never be the best, but you can over, overcome your strength deficiencies with that. Yep. With a legless rope climb, that's not happening. Right. And so um, once the person has the requisite strength to do it, then it's exactly like you talked about. Same, I, I say, say drive the same side knee, same side arm. And really kind of, as you pull to one side, kind of lean and drive. And it's like, there's this moment where there's kind of like an explicit, explosive knee drive, which like is your kip there, right? It elevates. So you're kind of pulling and leaning with one side, elevating the other side, and then you it's go actually, back the other way. 
this is super interesting. I haven't thought about this before, but that's the same like sequencing that you use for a pegboard. Like hundred percent, same same side. It's like the opposite of what you would do for running, right? Is that yes. I don't know if you ever ever tried to like teach a little kid to like run with like this their left knee and their left hand at the same time going forward, where they like do one of these. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, su- it's super awkward. But that's exactly what you do with like a like this rope climb or like a pegboard, like a yep. Again, you like reach with this with the same side as you drive that that same, yeah, that same side knee up to kind of create a little bit of momentum. But still, you create yes. like a lot of tension through that side of the system, and you're basically like raising the center of mass on that side to be able to make that happen. Yep. And so I try to think about it like that and moving quick, right? Like it's one of those movements, like similar to uh, like a wall walk, right? Like slow and steady does not win the race in that movement, right? Because yeah. now, because with movements like that, time under tension is your enemy, right? As opposed to like like bur- like a burpee right? You can slow the movement down and keep moving. And it gets way easier. It's right. And some, in some workouts, depending on the workout, that's better than blitzing the burpees and then having yep. to take a minute rest. Cause you're, cause you're shot. But in these movements in, in, in the legless rope climb, you have to move fast because otherwise, depending on how many you have, your legs are just shot afterwards, right? You're setting yourself up for failure there. So those are some of the cues is like, quick movements, almost like thinking like the rope is on fire or like hot potato, right? It's like, as soon as you get that pole, you want to get the next one up. And then as far as the descent on the way down, right? Because we talked about it, I think about it, ascent, descent is the fireman's slide is the best way to go. And the reason why I say that is because it's super easy. Your legs are already not on the rope to now just scissor the rope and slide. There's no like figuring out your feet to cinch them on the way down. Mm-hmm. You could find your feet and do that slide down. So like, as you climb, kind of like you move one leg down and just like scissor them across and drive your heels down. So that's still plausible. If you like, can't figure out the fireman slide, but you're good at the other one. Mm-hmm. It's hundred percent plausible. I just think your legs are already out. Your knees are already up to so then just like kick your legs straight and cross them is way faster and more efficient. Yeah. When you see, the best of the best, like the games athletes in a racing scenario, like the, the rogue invitational this year had another dual event. I forget what they called it, but it had started out with a legless rope climb. I forget how high that rope is. It was at least 15 feet. Medeiros yeah. didn't, didn't even cross his legs. He just straight up fell from the stop and just like pinched two or three <laughs> times on the way down. And like, that was it. Like there's nothing, I know they got a pad underneath them, but still like, and obviously he, like, you know, that's just the fastest way to do it is like, if as soon yeah. as you touch, you just immediately drop straight out. Yeah. And obviously it's not something that people got to build up to. It's not going to be something that you're comfortable or that any of us would recommend doing right away. It's like, you got to get comfortable, like practicing all these different variations of stuff. Like I think we've both played around with like practicing different J hooks, different ways mm-hmm. to like slide and descent ways to cross your feet or not cross your feet and like a fireman slide, things like that. And I don't think you can get good at like, you will never be proficient at those unless you like block out time in your training to practice each of those individually. Yeah. And that's something I'm actually going through with some of my athletes now is we've worked on the ascent, right? So we talked about from a training progression, you know, working on your feet first, you sit on the box, pinch stand, and you do that over and over again, right? Then from there, it's like, okay, I'll have the athlete. Okay. Let's work on climbing, call it a third of the way up the rope. 
and you don't jump. We're not jumping. You're going to reach as high as you can from the floor, pull your knees high, lean back, pinch, stand. Yep. And so maybe it's like one or two pulls, maybe. Then you come back down. Then it's like, all right, let's climb three quarters of the way up. Cool, come back down. All right, now we're going to do the full rope climb. Now we're going to jump, right? Because that's like another way to save your save save yourself. It's like, I'm going to jump and reach, almost like I'm trying to get a rebound or dunk a basketball. I'm going to jump and reach as high as I can. As soon as I grab the rope, that's when I pull my knees, lean back and pinch. So now it's like, okay, you know how to do the movement, but almost like in a, like if, if it was weightlifting, right? It's almost like in a pre-fatigued or like a 60 to 70%, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I can do the movement, but now we're going to add in the jump. So it's like, all right, we're doing now, uh, you know, complexes at 80%. So it's like, okay, that's kind of hard. I'm kind of working now, right? Because when you jump, I have an athlete who this is the struggle, right? She can do the rope climb. And then it's like, she jumps and just adding in the jump forces her to grab the rope and pull her nose to her hands. It's mm. like, no, I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> you, you don't do yeah. that when you're standing on the floor. So then once we can do that, then it's working. Okay. We've, we've got the ascent. Now let's work on the descent. And for me, it's the same thing. Hey, you're going to go like a third of the way up the rope and slide. Yep. Now you're going to go halfway up and slide. You know what I mean? And so it's like, we can work on the cues, but because some folks probably for good reason have a little bit of that, like central governor are like, I'm high. I don't want to let go. Like <laughs> this could hurt. You kind of have to ease them into it by gradually increasing the height. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great way to do it. <laughs> Even for someone who's more experienced, if there's playing around, like you don't have to go to the 15 foot marker, like, you know, take a big pull, go up to 10, 12 feet, try it from there and you can practice and, it and you're still going to get the same sequencing. Yeah. And it also allows you for someone who's more experienced, right. If you're working on technique and so like coming down, it's not, it's not a fear factor, right. right? But it could become a fatigue factor. And so like, let's face it, even in a, a practice setting, if you do 30 rope climbs to work on the skill, like you're going to be super tired. And so like, you're going to feel that the next day and it's going to affect your training. Right. But if you did 30 half rope climbs, right. As a, in a practice setting, not that I necessarily recommend doing 30 of them, but I'm just, just to paint the picture, yep. you're going to be less tired than if you did 30 full ones. And so, yeah, you can still practice your, your lock or whatever variation you're using of descent 30 times. You still right. get those number of attempts in the descent. It's just that it's less expensive to get there each time. Exactly. And so that's something you can always mix in. And that's, that's a common theme, no matter what the sport is, where it's like, all right, we're going to go at 50%. We're going to do this at 50% just to get the mental and physical like reps, right. Without mm -hmm. the cost on, on the system. Yeah. I like it. I think we hit uh, the technique efficiency pretty well. I think we should come back and revisit strength. We'll go over like pulling strength, grip, and do some uh, training progressions, stuff that people can do in another episode. So let's call this part one, and we'll revisit the topic for part two for rope climb strength development. <laughs> so thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. You got it, Ben. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just found the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while and enjoying what you're hearing, I would encourage you to leave a rating or review for the show. It would definitely help us out. 
And lastly, if you're someone who does take your fitness seriously and cares about your performance deeply, I would encourage you to look into hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.